Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Sarah Gation, a registered dietitian with a huge passion for nutrition, taking her on quite the journey to her goals. Sarah and I connected in the Instagram world while she was going through kind of a difficult time during her professional career. Sometimes it just pays to reach out to others on social media. You never know the personal and precious relationships you can form there, which is exactly what Sarah and I share. This impressive lady has taken a long and winding road personally and professionally to be in the happy place she is today with her career. Being a dietitian can be a tough gig sometimes, but if you are looking for passionate people who prevail, this conversation with Sarah is for you. Please enjoy my conversation with Sarah. I'm joking about that, but yeah, I think it's, I think it should be a thing if it's not already a thing, but uh, yeah, my coworkers and I, we talk about that a lot, having a, having that time before bedtime. Yeah. Do you, so I, I can do that because I could like lay down for like 20 minutes and just take a little oh, nap yeah. and then like wake up and then do be productive and then go back to bed. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Even if productive means washing your face, brushing your teeth and flossing, and then crawling into bed or transitioning from the couch to your bed. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if that's uh, super inspiring for anybody, but yeah, it's, you know what? And Thursdays, like I said, uh, brain gets a little mushy by today. And uh, I'm always gung-ho because it's my one evening off and thinking, oh, I'm going to go work out. I'm going to get outside. I'm going to do things. And I sit down. I say, you know, I just need that 10 minutes just to decompress. Before I know it, I wake up (laughs) two or three hours later. Oh, my gosh. Well, I guess I better make my lunch for tomorrow and uh, go back to bed. Go back to bed. (laughs) You only have one evening off a week. Well, I have, well, I shouldn't say that. It's my Thursdays and Friday evenings I have off. Um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, I have a part-time job after my full-time job. So it's a little Oh busy. my goodness. Yeah. I, oh my, okay. Well, we'll get there. <laughs> okay. We'll get to, we'll get to the crazy busy life that you have. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I am beyond excited to have to chat with you. I know that we've talked about, we've talked in social media a lot. So we just never had that in-person-ish conversation. So today is very special for me to have you on all the way from Canada. Yes, I'm so excited. And we do actually have snow. So I'm so pumped. Yes, we do. We actually have a lot of snow. Uh, We've gotten close to a foot in the last 36 hours, I guess. A foot? Yeah, there's, there's snow banks. I mean, like... I'd say close to 15 plus foot snowbanks already. Oh my God. I know. I'm so excited. excited. Do you love it that much? Yes. I do love it. I'm I'm pretty Canadian. I'm pretty Northern at heart. I just moved back to Northern Ontario, um, which is like almost middle of Canada um, from the East coast. And we don't, I mean, yeah, the East coast gets a bit of snow, but not, nearly like they do in northern ontario and they don't get the cold like i've had a wind chill of minus 56 being in northern ontario missed uh, 56 uh, degrees celsius for america yeah so i'm just excited to be back here just makes me happy (laughs) is it is it that cold it gets very chilly Does it stay that cold for quite a long time? No, that's mostly in January, February, we get some pretty serious cold snaps. Um, I know when I was an intern, I went back to Northern Ontario from the East Coast as well for a few months. And I remember looking in my car console when I pulled into the driveway where where I'd be sitting or staying staying for the next few months. And um, my spare glasses had shattered just because it was so cold. You and are kidding. <laughs> they, just, they just exploded <laughs> because it was so cold. So cold. <laughs> it's great. You know, it's great. You know, there's, there's some tough days when you have to scrape your car off and all that. But all in all, sure. it's, 
it's pretty lovely some days. So yeah. Well, I am so glad that you love it because I don't know if I could love it as much as you. Uh, <laughs> you know, you love being active, so you'd love the snowshoeing and the different types of skiing and everything else we can yeah. do up here. So the snowshoeing might be fun. Maybe yeah. you know I'll have to come experience that. Absolutely. Absolutely. energy you have and the positivity about it makes me <laughs> kind of want to be on board but <laughs> you know what? it's easy when i'm in the comfort of my my apartment right now with a hot coffee but when it's you know 5 30 in the morning i'm scraping off my car and using expletives and and <laughs> getting really worked up you know ask me then but it's i'm still pretty happy to be here so yeah You're yeah, so pretty yeah. <laughs> small things See? Yeah. So were you born and raised in the Ontario area? I was. Yeah. I'm so I am from Northern Ontario. I'm from a city called Sudbury. Um, it's a beautiful area. It's still a decent sized city. Um, lots of green space, lots of lakes. Um, so being outdoors was definitely part of growing up and yeah, so it's, I've been away for a long, long time actually. And I'm back now working as a dietitian. So I'm about three hours away from my hometown right now so yeah okay so your family still lives there and you go back yeah. to visit that type of stuff yeah most of them are still there although we are spread out as far as australia which i'm hoping to get to oh um, for sure yeah, yeah that's definitely on the on the list um but yeah most of us are there and um yeah so it's, i think they're from what I hear, from what I've been told, um, they're happy to have me a little bit closer to home. So, well, that's, that's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from what that's I've been nice. told, you know how families are. Sometimes yes. it's a little rocky, yeah. but <laughs> it's been good. Yeah, yeah. So, did you go to the East Coast of Canada because of like school and internship and and dietetic related move, oh, or was it? See, and we're going, it was purposeful. It's okay. Um, yes. So, oh yeah, it's kind of a, it's a long journey, but I did end up going out there for school. Um, okay. I did my nutrition undergraduate out in the Annapolis Valley at Acadia University. And for anyone who hasn't looked that up or been there, it's a beautiful part of Canada and we're very lucky. And as you guys are down South, you know, there's so many beautiful areas. And uh, so I did go back there. I actually moved out East for school twice. I moved back to Ontario and back and forth, back and forth. I like to do things as uh, expensively as possible <laughs> and efficiently <laughs> as possible when it comes to my own life, I guess. Um, but um, yeah, it was cool that brought me out there. So yeah. So tell me, let's go, let's go, let's go as back as we far as we can. When did you? <laughs> so when you, so you said school two different times. So I'm assuming dietetics maybe wasn't your first choice for school. Not. It okay. wasn't. Let's go to what you originally started out wanting to be when you grew up and then kind of take me through those till, till sure. you got to dietetics. Absolutely. And uh, like I said, it was probably the most expensive way to do things, especially anything involving school is the most expensive way to do things and the most stress-inducing way to do things. Um, but, so I, I originally started out at the University of Ottawa and I completed a, an honors degree in psychology um, with a special interest in neuroscience. And so during that time, it was absolutely fascinating. Everyone jokes that you know, I was trying to unpack my family and my experiences with my family and our relationships. Um, but really, it was just, it's all around fascinating. There's so many different aspects. Um, but uh, during that time, I actually got a little bit sick or was not feeling great. I was extremely tired and I went from being very active. I played hockey competitively um, for quite some time, for quite a few years. And playing wow. uh, hockey just for fun. Yeah, we grew up playing hockey. And um, so it was just kind of uncharacteristic that I was so wiped. Um, was not able to really finish doing readings. I, you know, it wasn't the characteristic or stereotypical university student where I was out partying four or five days out of seven days a week. And mm -hmm. I was eating quite well and doing all you know the things we more or less um, are recommended to do to, you know, keep ourselves healthy. Um, but yeah, so what ended up happening was I had some pretty, pretty big nutrient deficiencies and I didn't really understand what any of that meant. Um, but it was impacting my studies. It was impacting so many different parts of my life and I was feeling awful. 
Um, so no one could really give me any answers. So what I did was I started um, going to a dietitian, and and actually with everyone's um, re- the recommendations for dealing with this was, and they figured it you know it wasn't alcohol induced, and you know maybe I was just not eating well because I was a young kid and didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Not the case. Uh, so their their response to that was just to mega dose me with vitamins um, as opposed to figuring out why. Um, I was so deficient in so many different things. And even the dietitian didn't give me the best advice. And I know this doesn't sound great for dietitians, but it just clearly wasn't a good fit. And, you know, you're not always going to get the best practitioners. And so that kind of inspired me to figure out, well, what the heck is going on? And what do I do with this? Where do I go now? Because I'm still exhausted and trying to figure things out. So I started looking into nutrition and what is nutrition and, you know, we heard about it a, a little bit, but it's not like now that was, oh my goodness, in 2003, like 15 years ago, things like Facebook wasn't even sure. around yet. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't. I'm starting to date myself. It's, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like social media wasn't even a thing. So it's not as easy as it is now to have all of this information at your fingertips. So, um, I started looking at nutrition and found out that there were degrees in this. And I was so intrigued. I loved learning about the brain and behavior and the body that I wanted to learn more. So I completed my time at the University of Ottawa. Um, and I, you know, met some wonderful people and, and, um, you know, made mistakes and had a good time and everything else on top of it. But then I went to Nova Scotia. And so I, um, I decided to go to Acadia University where they have uh, fantastic undergraduate programs. It's actually one of the best schools in Canada for the undergraduate experience. And I have to say, after being to four universities, it's, it holds a special place in my heart. There were some awesome people um, and awesome experiences there. Uh, so, um, yeah, so that was the first time that I moved to Nova Scotia. Um, my brother, my younger brother, <laughs> brought a uh, couple of trucks from my hometown and loaded up a few things. And they, they, my dad happened to also need some, needed to, uh, some trucks to go out there for work. Uh, so they loaded me up and actually it was him and two of his buddies. And we drove all the way out to Halifax, which is, um, about a two day drive, two or three day drive, but knowing my brother, we did it in two or less. And so we got to Halifax, hung out in Halifax. And then the next day, early in the morning, they dumped me off in Wolfville, Nova Scotia. And, you know, they were the fastest, they were moving the most quickly I've ever seen them move. I said, what's the rush? What's the hustle? And apparently they were just going to dump me off and then go surfing and drinking for the rest of the day. And I was like, I want to go sure. I want to do all these things. I want to do all the things because now I have no car and I'm stuck in the valley. And as I watched them drive away, just peeling out of the parking lot, dust blowing everywhere, I thought, oh my God, I am so alone (laughs) in a new province by myself. Um, I don't know. I moved to a school. I moved to an area where I knew absolutely nobody. And I think that's when I kind of became a little bit more of the person I am today. And just that's when I started to learn to make connections and, uh, um, you know, just put myself out there a little bit more and really be okay with feeling uncomfortable a lot of the time. So that's how I first moved to the East Coast. <laughs> so that was my wow. undergrad in nutrition. And then I completed that, went back to, I went to Southern Ontario, worked in long-term care in Southern Ontario for a few years as a dietary aide and learned a little bit more. Um, and then after a few years, I went back to school. I decided to do my master's and at the same time I trained to be a dietitian. Um, so that, I mean, in a bit of a nutshell, truthfully, I mean, that's almost 10 years crunched down to a couple of minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Then I went to uh, Mount St. Vincent university and that's where I did my, my master's and met awesome people and was opened up to critical theory and um yeah just so many new ways of thinking so it's it's been a very expensive journey um but it's been awesome because you know every time i relocate i meet these amazing people and make these new connections and learn more about myself and about the world and and how to help people and so that's 
kind of how I became a dietitian, more or less. And it's yeah. interesting how it all became because you, of your own personal experience, with not being yes. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I actually still more or less have it a little bit to this day. We're still figuring things out. And I'm sure, well, you have seen a lot of the progress in gut health. And I think a lot of it is related to gut health, but uh, yeah. So it kind of stemmed from my own health. I know um, I've been inspired by family members as well, who've gone through different um, healthcare crises and, and other friends and family who are just going through the life cycle, you know, especially my sister and sister-in-law who um, have been pregnant and just, you know, wanting to be helpful. And actually, I think a little bit, a little bit also stems from my desire to be a know-it-all. I'm kind of a, recover- <laughs> a recovering know-it-all. Like, <laughs> I, one of my favorite things now is that I can admit that I don't know everything and it's just, Oh, I just melt into that phrase. It's so great. <laughs> um, I think it, you know, it lets me, it lets me learn even more about something, um, which I don't know, can be a double-edged sword sometimes, but yeah. So I'm interested. So you, did you finish your degree in psychology and neuroscience as well? You yes. did. So, oh yeah, my gosh. So I have three degrees now and I am paying for it right now sure. <laughs> yes you are for the next few decades um and that's definitely you know i was able to get help from from family and obviously the government and all that kind of stuff but you know that mm-hmm. um yeah paying for that but uh yeah so i did complete that degree and um so it's been very helpful you know when i first started um or when i went into nutrition so many people said you know what are you doing like was psychology just a giant waste like what a waste of time and money and and at the time I thought you know I'm so excited to learn I never really thought of it as a waste it was it was so so interesting and oh my gosh we're still learning so much about psychology and human behavior um mm-hmm. and how just how we interface with absolutely everything and so i didn't really think anything negative about it. And now that I'm a dietitian, I thought, how cool was it that I got to combine these interests? And it's so complimentary because so much of health and healthcare and, you know, especially nutrition is about behavior, habits, behavior modification. And I definitely have more respect for that component of working with people. I mean, we're so often asking or suggesting uh, for someone to make a change and or to cope with a change, and we just can't tell someone what to do. Uh, we need to have that empathy, make a connection, uh, inform, provide education, um, you know, support, like really, truly support a person and maybe their family or at least their you know, their care network. And um, I think it's just it's so complimentary to have the training and the background in in both of these um, fields. It just, it just really helps. I would agree. I always have thought that. And I, that's why I thought it was just interesting that you did that too. Like kind of like a precursor and a complimentary thing to diet. I feel like we need more of that in our education. Oh, for sure. And I think a lot of programs don't even make it a compulsory course. I think they have a choice between some sort of um, social um, social course, like if it's sociology or psychology. Mm-hmm. So I don't even think everyone has to do even an intro to psychology. But, I don't think so um, either. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not for sure. But I even think like an intro, that's not even enough. I think we need more. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And you know what, even the degree itself, it's not, it's not always about application. You know, it is a little bit about the theory behind human behavior, but so much of it is being able to sit across from someone and really, oh, really unpack, you know, what their habits are, what the behaviors are um, within those habits and being able to kind of translate your recommendations into their everyday is, that's a skill. It's, it's a lot different than just reading those theories and talking about them or hearing lectures about them in class. So yeah, super important. I well, that, that just makes you a dietitian that just has 
it's, it, would stand <laughs> out. it would stand out more just because of that expertise that you have from your, your other degree. I think that's amazing. Yeah. They're very complimentary. And I like that, that yeah. comedy. You're one of the first ones that I've interviewed that has that, has oh, really? both of those. Yeah. So I think that's a great, that's cool. You know, we always, yeah. we always talk about business and we always talk about marketing, but that's I think true. psychology is, is kind of one of those untapped areas that maybe we should kind oh. of consider as well. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much that we don't understand. You know, one of the, I think one of the core, core theories that we use are the six stages of change and being able to kind of categorize a person and where they are in that, in the process of making those changes. And that's great. But what does that actually mean when you're working with someone? How do you help support them to the next level? And, um, you know, how do you support them in their progress? So, yeah, there's definitely a lot for us to learn. There's still a lot for me to learn. <laughs> that's true. I mean, that's, that's something that's so attractive about nutrition is that it's so new and and we're learning to not operate in silos. It, that's such a common thing to talk about now is how so many of our fields um, and so many of the things we talk about are in these little silos as opposed to kind of merging them all together and and you know, not being afraid to go into these other fields and other theories and, and apply them to your practice. So very good point. You're so, <laughs> you're, you're so wise. Oh, Ian. Well, that's, you know, after 12 years of university, I would sure so. Oh my God. That's true. When you're in school, time that you had been in it, you have learned yeah. a lot. I am sure. And you know, it's so much room in between, in between those years in school or even during those school, those years, and not being in class because so much happens in inside and outside of that. So mm -hmm. yeah. that is true. And I yeah. think like you must be a person though, at, you're not that because you went to so much school, but I feel like you're a person who really likes to learn. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's daunting for you. You were kind of like one of those lifelong learners that wants mm -hmm. to keep gaining knowledge. See, that's such a positive spin because when I hear it in my family, I hear professional student and it's because I am a, not a financial drain, but I, yeah, I'm just, I am excited about learning. I've always, you know, I've, I've always held the title of nerd in such high regard. I am very proud of that. Um, it's just something that be. <laughs> it's something that I was good at and you know what's really cool when you can find something that you're good at although now that I say that I realize that it took me a really long time to realize that I'm actually pretty bad at school um I'm, I'm actually really bad at it um and I say that because I would really lose myself in a lot of what we were doing and what I was working on and studying and my anxiety was getting pretty high and I didn't have a lot of boundaries and you know, it's, it's cool for a while to pull all nighters cause it looks really cool and we think it's awesome and you're so dedicated, but it just means that you don't really have control <laughs> over, your, over what you're doing. Um, and your time management skills might not be tip top. <laughs> so, um, kind of a little bit maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, it took me a long time to figure out that I needed to learn how to do this better. Um, because for so many years, especially before all of those nutrient deficiencies, things came to me really naturally. I enjoyed reading. It was great. I could absorb things really well, but it seems like something kind of switched in my brain when, you know, I started having, you know, like a B12 deficiency and I had iron, um, uh, iron deficiency as well, iron deficiency anemia. So okay. yeah, it's just that fatigue something, something switched in my brain. And so it took a lot more work, um, a lot of reading and rereading. And, um, it was definitely a struggle for a long time. I wasn't sure if I was going to finish my degree at Ottawa. And so, and it even kind of persisted into my undergrad, uh, my nutrition undergrad. It didn't help that I was also, you know, when you're stacking your resume and you want to be involved in everything, sure. um, that also didn't help because it take it took me a long time to learn how to say no. That was my first step in in improving from being, you know, a do it all, know it all. And so, I was a teaching assistant in math and statistics and in nutrition. I was a resident assistant. I was a skate coach. 
Um, and so there was just so many things to do and I wanted to do it all. Um, and not just to put it on my resume, but because I really actually loved all of it. It was, you know, there's so many cool things to do and people to meet. Um, and then, um, yeah, it's, you know, going to work for a few years in between those last two degrees helped, um, because I didn't have homework to take home and I wasn't up all night. I had to be up very early get to work but then it kind of started again when I did my master's and it took me a while to learn and I'm definitely not embarrassed to admit this at all that I ended up seeing one of the counselors at school it's one of the few things that I had access to at that school and um she helped me learn about boundaries you know what um why am I feeling that I need to be up all night every night and driving myself to the point of being exhausted and feeling sick and everything else. And then she kind of hammered it home when she said, you know, would you ever tell, you know, someone you cared about that, um, to do this? And I would always say, you know, it's not good enough. I'm not working hard enough. There's more to do. There's always more to learn. I've got to be better. Um, I had a research team who was, it's just stacked with, these phenomenal academics, people who are world renowned for what they do. And I just wanted to be better. I wanted them to recognize my skills and I wanted to just be better. <laughs> and, um, so I had just had to keep working and sometimes I would just spin my wheels more often than not. I wasn't being very efficient and mm. I wasn't getting better. If anything, I was getting worse. <laughs> I would just, I, I wasn't, yeah, I just wasn't, I wasn't me anymore. And she said, well, would you tell someone that you care about? And she used some family members as examples. Would you tell them to stay up all night? Would you tell them to sit at their desk until they finish this? And you wouldn't let them go to bed. You wouldn't let them sleep. Um, you, you know, might not feed them very well. You know, if you're not feeding yourself very well, you're not thinking very clearly. And, and so, you know, I just broke down. I thought, my God, I would never do that to anybody. Why would I do that? It, Oh my God, I'd make them go to bed. I'd make sure that they relaxed and all these other things. So it was a huge breakthrough moment for me. And so that's when I started realizing how important all these boundaries were and that I was terrible at school. I was not, I was actually not a great student. Um, and actually having those boundaries really helped, uh, helped me work through a lot. So, um, but say all that to say, I do love learning. I think that's why being in healthcare and working with people is such a cool combination because everyone expects everything to be like Grey's Anatomy. Definitely not as sexy or um, <laughs> as good looking as Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> it's not, we don't have these beautiful buildings and, you know, most of the time it's flickering fluorescent lights and right. it can be a little heartbreaking. Um but it's, you know, it's, it's awesome. There's so much learning to do and science, especially nutrition. It's so young and it's so new. And I get that's frustrating for a lot of people. It can be frustrating for us too, especially when we're fighting with Dr. Oz, but, um, it's, there's just so many opportunities, um, to grow and, um, I'm hoping people will be a little bit more patient with us as we're trying to figure out our recommendations and finding all of this evidence that, um, you know, we're trying to give them. So, yeah. yeah. And how it changes and just how it changes. Oh, yeah. I think that's the hardest thing, I think sometimes for us dietitians is that, you know, one minute eggs are bad for you. One minute they're good oh. for you. One minute protein's <laughs> good for you. One minute it's not, you know, like that's hard for us because they think we're the ones that are changing it up all the time. Yes. And you know what? It's true. I don't know how many of those conversations I've had this week alone about cholesterol. Really? And Absolutely. Um, and it's great. It's, you know, it's, it's part of the conversation and that's okay. But I think what's great about what we do is that we, we are evidence-based and we do try to tell people, you know, this is what we know right now. And um, we can give them the recommendation and how it fits and what, what they're doing now and where their health is now that we know. And, um, you know, I think the best piece of advice is usually that there shouldn't be one thing that you're eating that impacts your health, you know, without any other, I don't know, just kind of recklessly. It's, it's yeah, it shouldn't be one it's food. Just, 
It is yeah, a combination like, of things. If you're eating a pound of butter a day, then sure, you know what? Let's have a different conversation. That's, it. That's <laughs> so true. Yes. <laughs> and I'll That's be honest. So true. With you. Yeah. So, <laughs> and different conversations with like physicians and then other boy, you know, yes. experts, in the, not experts, but like, you know, other entities that are also in healthcare. It's just always, I think it's important to create those conversations oh, in a reasonable way. Like, I yeah. feel like we fired up sometimes and be like, yeah. why aren't you listening to me? <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's true. Sometimes that's part of it. You know, it's a little frustrating for a lot of us who are working with other other health professionals and sometimes you do just kind of float your recommendations out into the void and sometimes they're heard and sometimes they're not so yeah it it really depends on your team and who you're with and sometimes the, the clients or the people that you're working for or with so it can be frustrating <laughs> yeah it can be it so can don't be. worry people who have dietitians as their health professional we get frustrated too Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So after internship, what what, I know that, you know, that's kind of when we probably started. I don't know if we connected at that time or if it was after, but just I know that you got done with your internship and you were really excited about working in the field. (laughs) Let's talk about that and how that was kind of a frustrating part of your, your career. Oh, yes. So that's. Yeah. And actually even going back a little bit, um, I guess I, my internship was also a little bit different, but we can also talk about that later. If you, you can, no, you can talk, share with okay. me your internship. I didn't, I didn't really flesh out my whole school experience, but my, my internship was a little bit different than a lot of other people's. And I think my school is kind of known for having non-traditional internship roles. My first um, stint as an intern was actually with a community garden and um, doing programming in the garden, working with different um, community groups and teaching kids how to um, grow stuff and eat stuff out of the garden, teaching grown-ups how to plant stuff and grow stuff and eat stuff out of the garden. Yeah. So it was really neat. I loved, I loved that internship. I met one of my best friends uh, doing that. She was the coordinator and she is now a dietitian in very Northern uh, rural BC. Um, So she's out there with her, her partner and their puppy. And um, so um, it's, it was such a cool non-traditional role for a dietitian. I actually have friends who are now dietitians in community centers and they, um, they, part of their job is to run a community garden and to do cooking classes. And yeah, so I love that. I, it kind of rekindled um, my love for being outdoors and really connecting with food. And that's something I'd forgotten about. I didn't realize until probably after that internship that I had grown up with a vegetable garden um, on the not working farm that we, um, where I grew up. And I just, I had all these memories that were so awesome about that. And so there was many different connections made through that. And so um, that was my first internship was growing food and teaching people how to use it. Yeah. And actually one of the the regular programs that I had was with little kids from the um, daycare or the preschool um, on, um, on the campus, um, like on campus, we had a a daycare. And so they would regularly come up and the early childhood educators would come up and we would do programming. We do scavenger hunts. Sometimes it wasn't related to the garden at all. And we would, um, just have a slip and slide for them to play on if it was really hot outside. Um, But other times we would actually go and I would say, okay, we're going to eat like rabbits. We would eat lettuce right out of the garden. I would watch a five-year-old eat lettuce right out of the garden. Like what five-year-old would just eat lettuce. So it was pretty cool for them to watch some of their stuff grow and to learn how to pick that stuff. So that was pretty cool. Um, My last um, internship. I came back to Northern Ontario. It's actually quite a ways away from where I am now. And I rotated between the hospital, general medicine, uh, and the ICU and, um, the local diabetes program and several family health teams. So, um, that was a little bit different as well. Um, but 
again, awesome experiences. That's where my glasses shattered my first, my first night there. uh, It was so cold, but I was so happy to be back. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was also a very cool internship experience. So just exposure to so many different, um, programs and different types of, um, healthcare concerns and different patients. So, and different styles of being a dietitian. So they were all a little bit different, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was my internship experience. So when we kind of connected, uh, big shout out to the dietitian Instagram world. How cool! No kidding. I know. <laughs> I just I know I haven't even connected with probably even half or a quarter of the dietitians on there. But oh my goodness, meeting you guys kind of just blew my mind. I've absolutely loved it. Everyone's doing something so different and so unique and everyone's so passionate. And one thing that I noticed is everyone is so positive. Um, <laughs> it's because it's true. So, well, did, I don't know. Did you find this in nutrition that there was a lot of competition? Oh, was, absolutely. Yeah, they, it's a breeding ground for competition. And I don't know what it's like in the States, but yeah, it is not a healthy environment. And sometimes it's really, there's some camaraderie because misery loves company when you're working that hard. But um, there's there's some fierce competition because those spots to become an intern are, there's not a lot. And there's a lot of great people who deserve those spots. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you have to beef up your skills and your resume and put yourself out there. And so coming across that Instagram community and that dietitian community. Oh my goodness. Just awesome. And the food community, the people who are really passionate about food and love teaching people and talking to people about food and, and everything related to it, whether it's food insecurity or fitness, other health, health concerns. It's, it's been pretty cool. It's been very inspiring for sure. Um, and been, you, you, you have, yeah. I, I, you've really gotten a lot out of it. I know, I know. that <laughs> yeah. when we talk, but I think I when think we talked we- too, I even just, I thought it was great that you reached out and that you felt comfortable oh, sure. and wanted to connect with people that way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, what are you doing if you can't do that? Like why, like what, what would be at risk if you didn't like, what if I had not talked to you? We wouldn't be having this conversation right. now. I wouldn't I be learning. So <laughs> I wouldn't be learning about all the different types of dietitians and just connecting with all these people. Because the other thing about all the moving around that I've done, I mean, what, seven, eight different cities or towns now is that I've had to pick up and leave a lot of people behind. And yeah, it's great that we have all these ways to communicate now. Awesome great but life carries on and it can be really isolating to keep relocating and so having that dietitian community um has been so great and to kind of get to your question about you know where we kind of met i was just finishing up my thesis which was in itself a huge battle oh my god (laughs) such a it was just so challenging and um so I was just starting to get onto Instagram and I'm, I'm still kind of navigating my way. Um, but I started connecting with all of you guys and I, yeah, I was wrapping up my, my thesis. I think I was just getting to defending it, which is like the closest I ever want to be to a heart attack. Oh gosh. (laughs) I'll never forget that chest pain. That was scary. It was just so intense. It's like, everything's on the line. Um, but really it's just me sharing my passion and my research and that was it. I, you know, hindsight, but anyways, um, so yeah, I was kind of wrapping things up and I didn't know where I wanted to go or where I wanted to do, where I wanted to do my thing and be a dietitian and become my person and my, you know, my version of a dietitian. And I still don't, I still don't know. And I struggled for a while finding, finding a fit. I was, um, I've had, I had some great interviews and I had some, um, I did have a few offers, but they just, in my gut, something was just screaming at me to not go through with them. Um, sometimes it was, um, kind of the management style that I was getting from that person. And it was just a very uncomfortable situation. So, you know, I was getting a little frustrated and wondering when, I think that was such a tough 
tough part of it was knowing when to take the plunge and take a chance on something because I, I was pretty sure that no matter what, I would have to move. And I love Nova Scotia. I mean, I've ended up there twice. <laughs> so yes. um, that's, that's a big move to, to do twice, <laughs> more than twice. Uh, one, two, three, four, five five times technically <laughs> so oh um, back and forth between the provinces um and i loved it and it's where i had learned to become a dietitian where i had learned to learn to be a part of the nutrition world and the food scene um by the way the food and the drinks out there are phenomenal if anybody ever wants to go and check it out it's really is an awesome place to be a part of, of the food scene um i had met some friends there that i think maybe at that time there was just something about the friendships I was making as well. Um, you know, the conversations were that much deeper and, you know, we were trying to figure out where we fit in the world and in our careers. Um, so it was, it was really tough to go, but I knew that there were a lot of dietitians being pumped out, created, it's almost like a factory. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's a lot of dietitians being made out there. Um, but it's a bit of a have not province. It's, um, there's not a lot of work. Um, it's unfortunately a lot of the East coast has been struggling and a lot of people have had to move West all over Canada. And I knew that I'd, I'd probably have to make that move too. And also, you know, thinking of being closer to home, you know, things change while you're away and, you know, people are born, people are sick. So it's, you know, it's making that choice to be close to home or where you want to go. So it's, it's been tough. And actually even, um, even where I am now, it's, it's not permanent. <laughs> so I'm savoring how close I am to home. Um, but eventually I did get an offer to come to a family health team, which is kind of a multidisciplinary team. Uh, it's like your doctor's office, but if your doctor's office also had a social worker, a mental health support, a pharmacist, a dietitian, um, nurse practitioners, nurses, uh, we are also connected with midwives. Wow. Um, That's yeah, awesome. All of is, that stuff. I know. It's really cool. And it's this really cool model that Ontario adopted about 13 years ago. And people have access to all of us just like they would their family doctor. So I've, I did my, my internship um, at three of them in Northeastern Ontario. And well, I'm still technically in Northeastern Ontario, just a little more West. And uh, it's a big province. Yeah, I guess um, (laughs) it must be. (laughs) uh, So I, I really loved being a part of that team. And I thought it was just, it's what I believed healthcare should be because a person isn't just, um, their doctor, like it's not, that's not just, that's not what a person needs for their health is just a doctor and not just a 10 or 15 minute visit with their doctor. And that's not to knock doctors. I, I mean, obviously I have great respect for them. They're phenomenal people. Um, but there's so much more to health. And I think we're seeing, and actually now they're actually bringing to light how, Doctors are so stressed and they are experiencing mental health crises at an alarming rate. And so this was also one of the, um, the rationales behind supporting family physicians was that now they're able to kind of refer out to people who are specialists in their area. So if someone's having a mental health crisis, you know, a social worker can sit down with them for an hour and actually talk it out and, have more better coping strategies and help them work through that and unpack their situation. Then there's me, you know, someone is newly diagnosed as having diabetes or high cholesterol, or I see a concerned mom who's anxious about um, the way their baby's eating or not eating as well as they think they should be. And so that's where I come in. And then there's the pharmacist who can do a med review when one of our patients is um, discharged from the hospital Um, you know, we get a notification and we do a checkup with them and they come in and we make sure, you know, they don't fall through the cracks. Like what happened? How can we help you transition back to home? Are your medications, um, matching up? Okay. Did they give you new medications? Do they all work together? Are there concerns that, you know, we need to, to address now before, you know, that, you know, another health crisis happens. So, um, it's a really awesome model and I'll admit I moved, um, 
to this job and it is a 12 hour a week, <laughs> a 12 hour a week mat leave. And I still moved halfway across the country for that job because I believe in that model. Wow. Um, yeah. So that is a was, huge, that's a huge choice to make that. I mean, <laughs> not many huge. people would do that. No. And I think, you know, having you guys in my corner and um, just being able to kind of put those thoughts out there, you know, when I was going through all these interview processes and saying, I don't know what to do. I, I think I would like the job. I don't know. I've never lived in the city. Um, I don't even know what kind of dietitian I'm going to be. Um, and having you guys, like even you would say, like, what is your gut telling you? Like, do you think that this, this is a good fit? Like you will know when it's time, like it's, it's okay to take your time. Something great will come. Like you, mm-hmm. you've been working so hard and um, you're awesome, even though sometimes I don't admit it, but having you tell me over, <laughs> over these chats sometimes, um, you know, it's amazing to have so much positivity and even realism in your corner. Um, because it isn't a, it was, it was kind of a crazy move. And then I moved sure. here and it was, the job was great. The people were great. My team is awesome. They're so compassionate and, um, they're just they just connect with with everyone who walks in our doors so well um but where i moved into was awful (laughs) it was so bad (laughs) moved into a place that had bed bugs and i had to live in a hotel and then i got food poisoning and i was so sick i actually had to run out mid-appointment and i think it was like my first solo week mid-appointment (laughs) <laughs> and because the, the patient had walked in and I said, just so you know, I just started feeling not so well. And she's like, yeah, actually, you don't look so great. I was, I was whiter than I already am. And I'm, I'm pretty fair skinned. <laughs> and I was just, and my lips were purple. And, oh, chaps. No. and I was like, she's like, do you want to reschedule? I said, no, 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 yeah. I'll be fine. I was rallying. I was like, I cannot be sick in my third week of work as a dietitian. <laughs> and then 10 minutes into this appointment, this poor person um, was pouring their heart out. I clearly had some challenges and I said, I am so sorry. Please excuse me. I had to run out of the exam room through the waiting room and the, the nurse looked at me we made eye contact and I just I covered my mouth and I shook my head and I just uh. I, I started getting sick and I will I will save the details but it went down my sleeve and I oh, really made it to the bathroom and I was sick everywhere and I, oh it was so bad it was just thinking about it. I actually have my head in my hands right now it was so bad nothing like breaking in the new job <laughs> and that was my first couple of weeks as a dietitian right. so it'll go down in history as the best beginning of a dietitian job ever that's it that's it i i just i thought oh my god this and you know what it was the bed bugs and i reacted to the bed bugs like apparently less than 10 percent of people actually react to the bites and most people don't even know they have them until it's like a big infestation and I was having an allergic reaction. Oh, no. Itchy and covered and whatever. And so it was bad. I didn't even care about the stigma. I'm like, this just sucks. Right. I don't care if you guys don't want to come over or <laughs> hug me. This, this just sucks. Awful. I, don't care. <laughs> I don't care what you think. I'm so tired. Um, meanwhile, I'm also studying for the national exam. Um, because I hadn't yet written that. Of course you are. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so I'm also working 12 hours a week and now realizing this is a horrible financial decision because now everybody wants their money back um, for the 12 years of university. <laughs> like, what am I thinking? Meanwhile, I'm thinking, I'm going to be okay. This, this, I've got this. I've got this. This is awful. This is so, so awful. Uh, but I got this. And so, um, eventually the bed bugs were resolved. I overcame the food poisoning. I passed the exam. Um, I got to finally visit home because, you know, with bed bugs, you don't want to go anywhere. I mean, it wasn't a bad infestation, but the risk of even bringing one, um, home. Yeah. I couldn't have that guilt. I already have the guilt of my first undergrad payment on my, (laughs) um, 
yeah, it was, it was tough. And then it started getting financially worse because I had had to stay in the hotel and I had to store my furniture um, me. So it was just a tough, tough start, but, it was a tough start. but you know what, that job, which I'm still in now, um, it has been awesome. I've loved it. And there's definitely some tough days. Um, but I've actually helped people and it's, it's so rewarding to know that after all of this time and all of the struggle and the tears, the tears, the tears, the tears, <laughs> cannot believe how dehydrated, I, I, how I've, I've not shriveled up completely is beyond me. But um, the stress, you know, the heartache of being away, being separated from people all the time, um, I'm helping people now. And yeah, some people say it's just nutrition. It's just, it's just food. But you don't realize how people, so much is based on food and there's so much confusion. I can't tell you how many very emotional responses I've had, you know, in my office. And it's, it's so rewarding some days, you know, to kind of calm an anxious mom and, you know, tell her she's doing the best that she can and what she's doing is great and her baby is okay and, you know, helping them work through that or, you know, we do have people and actually what's really special about the family health team that I'm with is that, um, they, part of their, um, strategic plan, part of their, um, kind of their, I guess, mission is to support underserved areas in our community. And it's, um, so we see a lot of people who do have mental health challenges who, you know, might fall through the cracks really easily and don't necessarily have the easiest access to supports and do experience a lot of stigma and bias. Um, we have other people who just work in higher risk um, types of positions and jobs. Um, other um, different, different parts of the population, um, those with different sexual orientation, um, or who are transgender, um, people who uh, identify with different populations. So it's, it's just, um, it's just great that they, they strive to serve everybody in the community and, uh, they keep providing us with education and opportunities to become better clinicians, just more supportive of all these people. And I've really enjoyed it. It's, so I'm glad. I mean, it's been a really tough start. You're glad you took the leap. You're glad that you <laughs> took the leap on something you believed in. And that That's even it. if even if it's only 12 hours a week, you mm-hmm. are still getting so much joy from it too. And that's it. So, and that was great. Um, and like I said, you know, um, it's, there's, there is so much joy in that. And there's so, just so much validation in everything that I've worked towards um, but you know, finances started to get pretty rough and I had been trying to keep out, keep my eye out, um, for other work, you know, even just applying for part-time, um, retail jobs, anything, anything and everything, because I actually really enjoy, like even I worked for Eddie Bauer for, um, years <laughs> during my first degree and I loved it. It was just, it's always a you know great group of people and you get to talk to people and, mm-hmm. you know, being new in a city where you don't know anyone, it ends up being, you know, pretty, a pretty great way to meet people and just chat with people. Sure, um, sure. But, um, that wasn't really working out well, but long story short, the dietitian who I'm covering for as part of her maternity leave or parental leave, um, she was also the full-time dietitian in the renal clinic um at the hospital in our area and it turns out that her um colleague uh was also expecting a baby and she went on maternity leave several months after so middle of the summer and so that position became open um and i applied and i i honestly thought renal was probably the last area I would ever practice. I didn't, I didn't have a lot of exposure and uh, it was just, it was very new to me. But I thought, okay, I've, I've got to try. I've got to put myself out there. This is it. And um, I applied. It was a horrible interview. It's probably one of the worst interviews I've ever done. <laughs> and, uh, I guess I put too much pressure on myself. Um, 
I thought, you know, if I don't get this job, then I am broke and have to go into debt uh, counseling. <laughs> it was just, it was just a, a really challenging, a really discouraging situation. Long story short, I got the job. <laughs> and, um, awesome. I'm, uh, I'm well, since uh, July, I've been a clinical dietitian with the renal program. And I, who knew? I love it. I absolutely love it. It's That's great. Great. It's very different from what I thought. But, you know, it's one of those areas where um, food and nutrition can make such a big impact. And again, working with people who are so... I mean, there's many who are fine and they take everything quite well. They do well, they cope well, but then there's others who are just more anxious or, you know, food has a lot of power over some people and it can be a great source of anxiety and people can be so distraught, but helping them navigate that again, like it's just so rewarding um, to be able to help people and, you know, to be a part of a team who, um, just do so much and they, they try so hard and they care so much about these people and about each other. Um, for the most part, I mean, some team members, um, you know, are different than others, but, um, yeah, it's one of those positions that I never thought I'd see myself in, but I love it. And I have, um, so I'm technically, um, covering for the same dietitian that I'm covering for at the family health team. And the other dietitian, when she started um, back in March, um, she actually shifted to the new maternity leave position. Um, So in a very confusing way, (laughs) so I'm technically that um, doing that dietitian's job at both the hospital and the family health care team or health team. So, um, so that's pretty cool. Um, That's great. You're in a great place right now. I'm That's in awesome. Such a great place right now, and I I can't speak highly enough. I this is also the first time since my internship and being supervised that I'm working on a team of dietitians, and so it's me and my colleague in Reno, and then we have um, other colleagues all over in different clinics, um, outpatient clinics, and inpatient units in the hospital, and then obviously the the other multidisciplinary members um so social work and the nurses um like it's it's awesome we have awesome nephrologists as well and it's just been it's it's been a an awesome experience and i'm so grateful for taking that leap because i never would have expected that i would be in this town and doing these jobs and doing this <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah well it's, it's yeah. been a long time coming for you so that's so exciting to hear that you're happy and you are enjoying the experience for right now because i feel like that'll probably change in the future but you're yes. really just getting getting your feet wet and just enjoying it all that's it and you know what it's about taking those chances and putting yourself out there um, making those connections. I've made it a point to introduce myself to as many people as I can and it helps. And it really does because these team members are a, a wealth of knowledge. Like they're so great and they can be so, so supportive of you. And we see some challenging days there. Um, you know, it can be pretty, pretty emotional and you get to know these, these, um, patients and their families and you watch them go through some pretty tough times. And so it's, it's really important to make all these connections and put yourself out there. Well, you're a rock star at that. So very inspiring for sharing just like the, the not so great parts and all the good parts that come out of it. Well, you know, you gotta, and you gotta find the humor. You gotta find the humor and you gotta find the joy. That's the thing. (laughs) Yeah, I could have tapped out a long time ago and I did think about it because it was so bad. But I'm so glad that I stuck it out. Well, I am too, because otherwise we never would have met. So that's perfect. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm excited for future future conversations with you. I, I know so. we'll we'll have some more. We'll have to check in with you again next in 2019, which is next year, which is that far away. It's but, like a month and a half. And I, know, I, know. I can't believe it's already been in 
so well, this yeah, this chat's been a long one already. We've uh, just started to scratch the surface. We're just scratch the surface. I know. So we'll have to have part two of Miss yes. Sarah. Absolutely. <laughs> Anytime. Anytime. But of course, before we end, I have to ask you my my hard questions. I ask yes. you all questions. So I know you I know you're familiar. So why yes. don't you share with me some of the foods that you enjoy? Oh my goodness. All of them, all of the all above. Of them. <laughs> um, my my dad makes a killer Caesar salad from scratch, mm. and that is you smell like garlic for a day. The house smells like garlic for a day. Absolutely, well, you have to worry about Some vampires. That's perfect. Yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh yeah. So I mean, there's so many great foods out there, but that's definitely one of my favorite, and I always look forward to going home to have that. Oh sure. Do you yeah. have a favorite uh, beverage? Oh, hands down coffee, but I do love a really good cocktail. Um, there's one out from the Middle Spoon in Halifax, and it's bourbon, rosemary, grapefruit. It's just one of those beautiful, herby, uh, fruity drinks with a punch. And it's I love those those ones, especially when they bring something in from the garden. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and start it off with a little bit of bourbon, for sure. <laughs> I, I love bourbon. You like That's bourbon? So I do. Yes. <laughs> I enjoy it. It makes a great, great drink on its own and a great cocktail, for sure. Is. I was just out with my girlfriends, and they're like, I'll have a glass of wine. And I'm like, they're like, I'll have a beer. And I'm like, can I get bourbon on the rocks, please? <laughs> right. That's it. That's it. Unless it's the sangria. I'm not a huge wine fan. The only time I can do wine is with my dad, because he just has... There's great tastes that seem to do well. But yeah, otherwise it's it's liquor and bourbon is a good one. Oh, I knew that's why we are friends. <laughs> I know, <Perfect>. right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you have a favorite scent or a smell? Oof, that's a tough one. Um I love so many different scents, but I always look forward to the two or three weeks in the spring when lilacs are out. Mm. and you just catch a whiff of that somewhere when you're out for a walk oh it just makes my heart melt makes me think yeah. of the farm back home yeah did you have a lot of lilacs on your farm back home we did there was a there was one bush that my that my mom had it was lovely yeah i love lilacs me too oh, me too yeah we could just live together and drink bourbon and smell lilacs. i know can you imagine <laughs> oh that'd be so fun yep yeah, i'm in you got me <laughs> Do you have a favorite color or colors? Mm, I have to say red is red is a top one. Um, it's my dad's company, Colors, his former oh. company. Um, we've been brought up as a red, a red loving family. <laughs> um, but I also do love that highlighter yellowish green. Hmm. Um, I love that color. It just it just makes me so happy and energetic. <laughs> is that from all the <laughs> notes that you were taking and highlighting in class? Oh, probably. <laughs> I know. Oh, or the one that would keep me awake. I would, have to, I would purposely wear a t-shirt like that to class. So Just it would be awake. Ref, reflection would keep me awake. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. And Sarah, what brings you joy? Oh my goodness. So many things. Um, I love, um, I have three nephews back home who are just Aww. the best. Try not to cry when I'm talking about them. <laughs> but, um, and now, and as of this um, this past summer, I have two beautiful little nieces. Um, so I I just love them. Uh, just hanging out with them. Um, uh, there's something about spending time with kids. Like they're just so fun, and they just they tell you what they're thinking. Yeah. Um, whether it's offensive or not, yeah, they don't care. And, uh, <laughs> they don't care. They have no filters. They're curious, mm -hmm. and I just love spending time with them and even facetiming with them. But oh, um, I'm sure, that nice makes any well. day better. It's just oh uh, yeah, them. they're so great. And you know, social media, like getting to see little video clips of them or ridiculous yeah. photos of them being little wild beasts back in the bed. They're all bush babies. Like they're just so wild. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. They just let them run around naked in the yard back in the country. It's just wild. Right. Right. Honestly, that's a, that'd be an interesting Instagram account. Elizabeth naked in Iowa. <laughs> naked in Iowa. She's getting crazy in her old age. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta cut back on the bourbon this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe can that, that could probably encourage that happening is more bourbon. Oh, so 
Absolutely. That's <laughs> pretty much the only time I've ever been naked is when, nah, when you're drinking bourbon. <laughs> not, on, not on my first podcast. No, no, no I'm not going to do that. <laughs> we'll save uh, that for number two. <laughs> absolutely. This seems like an interview with Dave Shirotsky. Kind of, uh, <laughs> it's it's turning that discussion. <laughs> Turn in that direction. Oh, God love you, Dave. All right. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Sarah, for, for uh, our first conversation. And I know that we'll have many more to come. And I look forward to following following you and staying connected with you and Aww, thanks for sharing thank you so your much. journey so far. Uh, thank you so much. And, and honestly, thank you for being, I know this is your goal, um, but I can't thank you enough for leaning into this goal um, is being a cheerleader for our profession and bringing us together because it's been awesome and connecting with everyone that I have connected with, especially through you. Um, You've been an awesome cheerleader and you're doing a fantastic job. So we, oh, we thank you. I thank you. So. Oh, you're the best. Thank you so yeah. much. <laughs> Sarah is a person who inspires me to be a better dietitian. I know I say that about a bunch of dietitians, but that's why I enjoy these conversations so much. Just having this conversation with her reminds me of all the feels when I decided I wanted to be a dietitian. This woman overcame a lot of things on her journey to her goal of being an RD, and that is just outstanding to me. If you don't follow her on Instagram, please, please go to the show notes and give her a follow. She is inspiring and she makes me laugh, which is one of my favorite things. My website, AnnaElizabethRD.com, is where you can read the latest post in my Nutrition Nauseous blog that is the home to the diary of my life, including all my hell yeah happenings, adventures, food I'm noshing on, my music inspiration and what I'm loving right now. You will find all my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these inspiring humans. My book is also available to purchase on my website, and I hope we can connect more by joining forces on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.